You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new year on the Attacking Scrum podcast. Many things have changed, but Wellside's taking a hiding in the UFC is not one of them. Uh, so we'll be having a look at that tonight, which is always bound to be fun. Uh, and as, as soon as we've got that out of the way, uh, we have a look at some of the other rugby news stories this week, uh, of which there is quite a lot. The, uh, the possibility of Wales playing their home games in England for the Six Nations. Uh, there's some transfer news, there's some fitness news. Uh, yeah, all sorts going on. And, uh, well, there's only one man to turn to in this kind of, on these kind of weeks, and it is the mighty Murph who's been putting in a mighty shift for us for, uh, for over a year now. Week in, week out. Uh, I said you were the, the muddy waters of the Attacking Scrum podcast, Murph. And I, That's right. I'll, let, I'll let you decide which muddy waters you are happy with either to be honest but um yeah and good for the filler weeks and there's not actually any major news well major games or, or or events going on to uh come on and have a bit of a waffle oh well i'm sure well i'm sure we'll be in in the mood for uh for a waffle this week um yeah who knows we'll do, maybe I, I actually i think there's there's far too much to talk about to even get the rothman's rugby yearbook out this week so, um... <laughs> well yeah i mean uh, that's never a good sign if you don't need the Rothmans. If you don't need the Rothmans, yeah, that's it. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's some yeah. some serious uh, off the field rugby news to talk about. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> there we are. I can see on Zoom that your room is filled with the uh, the the rich, luxurious smell of a Rothmans cigarette. So. Uh, <laughs> 
so yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're all good. Um, yeah, I am a bit concerned just before we get underway that I'm giving more exposure to a defunct cigarette brand than we are to our actual sponsors. So uh, mm. a, a quick word for our good friends at So Coffee Trades. Uh, if you want to get some top quality coffee and uh, help out a young Welsh business, then you can do that by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, Murph, do you want to start with the? Um, uh, should we start with the transfer news? Because it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? Yeah, the confirmed news and and big rumours as well. So absolutely, I mean, so the Cardiff uh, signing Liam Williams one is where I want to start. Um, I'm I'm really not sure what to make of this. I, I mean, we've we've criticised Cardiff in the past for signing far too many international back three players, and mm. here they are at it again. I suppose Hallam Amos will be gone as of next year, so that's that's one at the uh, at the equation, and obviously Liam does add a a huge amount of stardust. Um, yeah, I guess it's from his perspective that I find it is it slightly strange. Is there something that I'm that I've missed here? I don't know. I, I mean, from uh, the Blues' point of view, obviously you say Alan um, Moss is retiring. Matthew Morgan was at his. I, I hasten to say it, but I will. His turnstile worst uh, yesterday against Edinburgh, mm. um, and then we uh, we know from recent weeks that after that you're down to Jake Beatham. Yeah, uh, or, or or one of the uh, wingers covering across, or whatever you know, like uh, Alan Summerhill, or whatever coming across the fullback, or Jason Harris coming the fullback. So it does it does make sense that to, for the point of view of their spine mm-hmm. that they need to strengthen. But you're right. I don't know. Liam Williams immediately the news broke. Twitter was blew up with his. Well, he's only played four games for the Scarlets in two years. Well, that is true. I mean, it's um, I, you know, I, it's a really difficult one to read because uh, you know after he went away played with Saracens, you know, had great success with them. Um, you know, it seemed like he wanted to he wanted to return home and obviously the union picking up the bulk of those wages. It seemed to make sense for all parties really, a return to to Scarlets and yes, yeah. the, yes there's been some injury some injury problems during that time as well, but yeah, it's it's weird because he is, he's barely featured and I, I don't know what I don't know well, quite what the thinking is. I think it's mainly and I mean, obviously international duty takes him away but not to the point where he's only going to play four games yeah. it takes him away for the you know the, the big tournaments uh autumn internationals and, and the six nations but the rest of the time you know there's plenty of scope for him to play best part of 20 club matches mm. a year so it's just it's just injury you know since he's come back i mean we could say the same thing in lee halfpenny yeah yeah, and he's been up long term, and I, uh, there's no date on him coming back, and so we're also, there's no difference. I think that it might be a little bit of spurning a uh, spurning a, <laughs> a lover who's left you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Liam's yeah. William, uh, I've never liked him anyway. Off you go. Well, that yeah, kind of thing. Famously, I've dedicated whole podcast to saying the same thing about Corey Hill and Matthew Screech. So um, <laughs> we're uh... yeah, poor old Corey Hill. Yeah. You don't get to see him now at all. Well, you know no, what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's um. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. I mean, yeah. Look, I think ultimately, if if Cardiff can get him get him playing more than four games across the course of the next two seasons, then you know, particularly mm. in those you know in those European games and uh, you know, basically judging on this weekend, it's hard to look at Cardiff and say there are much bigger problems than signing an international club. You know, Liam Williams playing on Saturday wouldn't have helped them in the slightest, really, would it? Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, he'd have had lots do. of practice. Yeah. He'd have had lots of practice because it, they were pouring through in the middle of the field, and he was, the fullback was regularly the last sort of scramble defender. Uh, so Liam Williams have had lots of practice because he is a great he is a great defender. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. That, that you know, I mean, 
hopefully that was rust because the first choice team haven't been together for 11 weeks apparently yeah i, I but, think uh, i think they should just stick with the dirty dozen get the uh, exactly yeah. i mean they would have kept yeah the score would have been lower get the get the... you know based on the harlequins form yeah the score would have been lower against edinburgh i know um i mean i'm getting right off off topic from the transfers here obviously but there was it was in the form book that that result because Edinburgh have beaten Saracens away in the European tournament this last month so it was in the form book but uh, the amount of space they were finding in midfield just finding isolated props like our hip and uh, going around the outside of Carey all the time I I, you know that's there's something really wrong with the defensive system if they're getting picked off so easily all the time they should they should be getting they should be in a crowd like so that if they do get stepped there's someone stood next to them but um yeah, it was poor. Um, and the Ospreys weren't much better. So No, they weren't. I mean, it's also what seems to have passed me by is how uh, Bradbury has turned from being a solid, dependable open side flanker to this absolute wrecking ball of an eight, which uh, mm. was, I mean, obviously it helped by some poor defending, but by all accounts, he has been in superb form um, this season and, and he quite rightly picked up the Man of the Match award. But, you know, they, uh, they the pack looked so much more powerful than Cardiff's. And uh, yeah, 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 you're right. You just you just hope it's rust and the the kind of the the ragbag bunch who played against the Harlequins and uh, and Toulouse. You know the the games that we enjoyed so much. This you know it was inevitable that um, that this was always going to happen. We said that you know you, you have to build on it, but it's you know it, it's fitting that it's FA Cup weekend this weekend as well because this is always what happens. You know it would be the same for Cambridge United next week, having beaten a Premier League team in the. Um, away in the in the FA Cup, they'll then have to go and play bloody Fleetwood or someone, and they'll get turned over two one. It's um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, yeah, yeah. right? You know, getting a side to to really kind of pull together for that uh, for that big occasion with their massive underdogs is one thing. Um, getting a side who's not played rugby for eleven or twelve weeks to come out and, and do it is another. So yeah, I I agree. I hope it is rust, but um, yeah, let's. Well, well actually, um, it, you know, from where they were at half time, the score could have been a lot worse. They were, they looked like. Uh, well over 40 points or, or written all over that game at halftime. Um, and although they weren't amazing, it was 27-3 halftime, although they weren't amazing in the second half, they did at least uh, restrict uh, the free-flowing tries, you know, that were coming pouring through off them. So. Yeah, and there was a period of 10 minutes when they were down to 14 men where they just started playing Fiji 7-style rugby and looked like scoring <laughs> as well. It's like, it's weird, this Cardiff team could yeah. only seem to fire with their backs completely against the wall, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, some of that is the fact that the game was yeah. five points in the bag for Edinburgh at halftime, and whatever whatever attitude Edinburgh say they're going to take into the second half, you're still going to take your foot off the throat a little bit, yeah. and that, that might have been part of it. But you know, twenty-seven three, that was easy a forty pointer, and uh, I suppose um, uh, what, I think it ended up thirty-four or something. Mm. So that's that's not a bad effort second half, really. But obviously, way too late. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But it was a pretty grisly, uh, a pretty grisly one. Um, should, should we get this uh, this UFC out of the way now? Because, I, like I say, it was such a horrible weekend. Like I didn't, enjoy, I barely enjoyed a minute of the rugby, if I'm honest. It was just no. like um, you know, uh, the Ospreys. I think you know, it's it's hard to argue whether they were any better. To be perfectly honest, again, they looked outgunned up front. Um, yeah. And in a way, I think that's probably a bit more concerning because they haven't got that excuse of. Uh, of the the eleven weeks out of action, they they ran out of puff mm. against the Scarlets on New Year's Day as well. Um, mm. that side on paper, really to me, should be 
should be giving Glasgow a, a you know at least a run for their money, and it, they were never really in that game. I didn't think. No, uh, in, in many ways, it's a worse outing than, than Cardiff's. Um, uh, there's a guy playing in the centre for him who I haven't really noticed before, uh, Tui Pelotu or something. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's, um, yeah, he's a he's Scottish qualifier. He might have even got his first cap for Scotland actually over, right. over the but he so, just, yeah, he's he, sigh through them, didn't he? Yeah, he he ran over Anscombe quite a few times and and everyone generally in the back line and uh, they just couldn't cope with him. It, it was, I mean, it, the Scottish clubs are in good form. Mm. It, uh, it, a lot of uh, people were expecting Edinburgh to struggle uh, with um, Cockerell leaving to go and work for the oh, England side, and they're better. Oh, absolutely, they're better yeah. under under uh, Mike, Mike Blair. Mike Blair, yeah, a better side, they're more rounded side. Their backs are really, I mean, really fighting. Uh, and Glasgow are going well as well under um, Danny Wilson. So, you know, cue an awful Six Nations from the Scottish <laughs> coming up when their sides are playing well. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it's massive contrast with ours. You know, Ospreys were okay at one point earlier in the season, but um, they've fallen off a cliff in the last the last month, month or so. Yeah, it's quite worrying, I think, because obviously there are some high-profile injuries, you know, Tipperick and Alan Wynn and Lydia, etc. And we've said that back row resource can look a little bit stretched at times. But again, that, that mm. side to me on paper, you know, you've got Adam Beard in the second row is a lion. You've got Tom Francis, Nicky Smith, uh, Elvis. Why can't I remember Elvis's surname? Presley in the... Yeah. <laughs> um, you beat me to it. Yeah. And then, you know... Tyone? Elvis Tyone. Elvis Tyone, that's right, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then you've got a, a very promising back row of Griffiths, Morgan Morris and uh, and Jack Morgan. Mm. It's not really, you know, it's not a pack you'd you'd expect to get uh, to get blown away. And uh, no. yeah, I, I don't know. The the thing with the Ospreys is when they've been winning games as well, it's been a very kind of like Gatland esque, you know, grind out results, be very functional, mm. take the points when they're on offer. And mm. um, when you go behind in games, it hasn't looked like there's been a great amount um, a great amount of creativity to to get the tries to get you back in it. No, I, I, yeah, the only thing. Uh... Obviously, the players you mentioned, they're long-term and they've been managing without them most of the season. Um, but the only thing I did notice on the team sheet uh, for the Ospreys was no Reese Webb. Yeah. I think I think there's a huge drop-off between him and um, uh, Morgan yeah, Williams or, or whoever, do, whoever does the job for him. Uh, and they lose a lot of leadership in that way. So, um, again, it, you know, we wouldn't have saved them yesterday. But, no. Uh, I think they need if they're going to play well. I think he has to be there myself at the moment. Well, I still think there's a massive drop off between Reese Webb and every other Welsh scrum half, to be honest. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Thomas, yeah. Thomas Williams was good off the bench again, and you know, and he was excellent in the games uh, prior to Christmas in the in the Heineken Cup. But I still, you know, there is still that big question mark at, at international level. Uh, mm. I, I would be very surprised if Pivac entertains the idea of having Webb in his squad. I just don't think he likes him. Uh, and, no. uh, and uh, and so you know it, you're hoping that, that Thomas Williams is going to make that is going to make that step up at, uh, at international level because it's different, isn't it? It's a very different game, and uh, that that level mm. of intensity is obviously a lot a lot bigger, and your game management has to be much much better at test level. So we'll kind of see uh, see what happens there. Uh, can we leave the Pro 14 for now? Then should we bury that? If we could, yeah, I'd be delighted. <laughs> Yeah, if we could never speak of the Pro 14 again, that would be uh, absolutely. <laughs> or, or the UFC, yeah, either or, one. Or the, or the UFC, yeah. Either <laughs> um, let's 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 go back to um, go back to some of the transfer news then as yeah. well, because the Scarlets made uh, 
I, I, again, I don't know if this has been confirmed yet, but BBC Wales are reporting it, so they don't tend to kind of um, engage in the, the transfer rumours stuff that the Western Mail do. Um, but yeah, this is the uh, Scarlets are set to sign uh, All Blacks forward uh, Fifita, I believe it is, um, mm. from uh, uh, from Wasps. Is he a guy you've seen a lot of, Murphy? You watch a lot more English Prem than I do. No, every time his name comes up, I can't help thinking he's the same guy as Fekitoa. Yeah. Who plays in the centre for them. That's right, yeah. And uh, yeah, he, he is, I mean, obviously he's playing at that standard in the competitive division, uh, league and everything. He is a quality player, but uh, I mean, the, the one that caught my eye more, even more than Liam Williams transfer, mm. is the only rumour is not confirmed, Patchell to Bath. Yeah. Um... I, I honestly don't know what, this, I mean, unless Scarlett's have just tired of his fitness. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what future they see in in their other tens. Well, no, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Costa has a bright future, but he's not there yet, is he? You know, no, he, he's way off. He's someone who needs um, a lot more game time and a lot more nurturing to kind of come through that. Dan Jones is your steady, you know, he's your steady Eddie, decent club player, um, mm. but he's, you know, he's probably not the player you're going to build a side around. Um, and it's weird timing because Patchell is just back. Unless, of course, this again is an agent. I don't know who his agent is, but um, if it's another agent kind of stirring the pot to, to see if there's a, a chance of getting a better deal out of it. Because I, yeah. I think it would be a massive blow, particularly as he's now back, having been out for such a long period of time. You know, I think what you said there about his agent makes more sense because if, if, if he does go to Bath, he gives up his Welsh career. Yeah, and... Right now, as well, he's at a pivotal point. How old would Patch will be? 28, maybe? 28, 29? Yeah, very late 20s. So yeah. late 20s. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think that, that fly half berth is one that, you know, bigger is still, is still, in my opinion, the best 10 in Wales. But again, he's, you know, he's the wrong side of 30 now. And mm. obviously, Patch will offers you something completely different. So if he can stay fit, you know, he's absolutely in the running. Anscombe's been struggling for form since coming back from injury. Uh, mm. I think you know Sheedy has still got a way to go to make that to make that step up and and make that that kind of second or that that twenty two shirt his own. So I think there's everything to play for for Patchell. I would be very surprised if he were to give it up now in order to take a big paycheck at Bath, who um, you know have largely been garbage this entire season. Yeah, and uh, if it does come off, I think it tells you. Not only if Saracen's kind of uh, not Scarlett's given up on his fitness, mm. I, I would if he gives up his Welsh chances. I think it suggests he's cashing in as well because he's aware his fitness is not going to hold up. Yeah. Um, like one last decent contract before his body falls apart, kind of effort. If you know what I mean, um, that might be a bit, uh, might be a bit insulting to him personally, but maybe that you know that I can't see why else at this stage he would. You know, it's not as if uh, he's being fit and playing well and getting ignored by Wales. Every time he's vaguely fit, he gets in the oh, squad. Yeah. So Wales are keen on him. Well, the last so the I, last time he was fit, he was second choice. You know, he was second choice, wasn't he, at the World Cup? And played yeah. and played in big games. You know, he played yeah. the bulk of that game against Australia in the pools. So um, yeah, I think he made an autumn squad in between then and now as well, and, and, did he? and got injured again. Or yeah. yeah, I think he did. Like, you know, having barely played any comeback matches, he was back in the Welsh squad again. So it's not as if he's out of favour. There's no reason why um, 
if he can get on the pitch and play and he wouldn't be in, I mean, he'd be, he'd be a, in straight in my well, squad. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. And, you yeah. know, I, I thought he, I mean, admittedly it was far from perfect when he came on against, um, he came on against the Ospreys, but I thought he made a real difference coming off the bench, you know, just the little glimpses that the ball, well, that one touch he's got. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, the, the ability to, to give the offloads and then actually stick and, you know, and that, well, I mean, his, his kicking from, <laughs> from the tee was horrific. Um, mm-hmm. But, at the same time, you know, that's stuff that can be coached. I think generally speaking, he's a, I would say he's one of the better goal kickers out of the Welsh tens that um that we've got. You know, he's a pretty normally a pretty reliable um kicker. So you'd think that yeah. stuff would, would come back with a bit of practice. But Well the, the biggest problem he's got or the big problem biggest problem he's had is he manages to find a way to uh concuss himself every time he makes yeah. a tackle. Yeah. Even though he's seems like he's six foot six, he's not, but you know, he seems he's that, a big guy. that rangy. Six two, yeah. six three, yeah. Yeah, uh, get, as soon as he makes a low tackle, he'll find a knee to headbutt mm. in no time at all. And that's the kind of root cause of a lot of his problems initially. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it's one of those one of those rumours that catches your eye, but doesn't re- when you, the more you think about it, the less it rings true. Yeah, yeah. well, I hope it is a case, actually, of, uh, of it being more of posturing from an agent rather than uh, yeah, him, mm. him thinking, right, let's get one big paycheck before uh, before the body gives up because uh, but I mean look either way I, I don't think you could you know if that was the case you probably couldn't blame him it's a short it's a short, no, it's, God, short no. it's a short career but yeah, yeah, yeah I think for all concerned we'd like to like to see him uh, in and around the Welsh setup if he uh, if he can stay fit um, there were there's been a, another couple of that have been doing the rounds as well um, while the Dragons have been on this blistering run of form, um, arguably their most <laughs> their most prolific run of form for uh, for years of three postponed games in a row, um, they uh, yeah there's you know a, a need for a need for them to recruit and Dean Ryan's been talking about it and casting the net further afield than uh, than what's in Wales and having a look at Welsh qualified players elsewhere and a few of the names I've heard doing the rounds were Max Clark at um, at Bath. Who is, didn't know his uh, Welsh connections. He's born in Bridgend, I believe. So, um, all right. Yeah. But didn't he play England at the twenties? Yes, he did. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. He did. Right. Um, and uh, what were the other ones? Brendan Rogers uh, at Ulster, the uh, the ginger hooker. Who's uh, what is his name? Bradley Roberts. No, Bradley yeah. Roberts. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Rogers, Rogers is, is L- Leicester Liverpool manager, and yeah. <laughs> Leicester yeah. Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's stick with that one though. I think we'll we'll continue to call him Brendan Rogers. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, I'm happy. I mean, if this is if this disease of mine is catching up with everyone in 2022, <laughs> I'm happy. It takes it takes the heat off me. <laughs> I'm stumbling over names every couple of minutes. Um, but yeah, obviously he's now got a he's now got a Wales cap and or two or whatever mm. it was, and would need to join someone. Um, I mean, there's quite a few sides in need of a hooker. To be honest, I think Cardiff could do with him. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know they could have done with him yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and, yeah, exactly. And actually, even um, yeah, and even the Ospreys who've gone from having you know a load of uh, a load of hookers at their side, but you know, with Scott retiring, with you know, obviously mm. the, the the tragic events um, with Ivan Phillips, Ivan Phillips yeah. as well, and obviously Sam mm. Harry's struggled with injury. They're now, you know, we've now had Darry Lakes playing a lot more when he really he was kind of fifth, sixth choice hooker um, at one point. So. You know, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's an argument that that most of those regions could uh, could do with him. So I think he'll end up somewhere, um, and I can't remember the other name that was uh, that was linked that was linked with the Dragons as well. But they they need to, you know, again as as every 
uh, transfer period comes round, the Dragons need to, to strengthen. It's just a question of whether there's anything in the coffers to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, he, I can imagine. I mean, he's very low down the pecking order at his current club, mm. uh, Brendan Rogers. Yep. So, so he, he can't be. He's, you know, he can't be looking for a big payday at the Dragons. Can yeah. he? So, hopefully, he is affordable. That was something that caught my eye um, watching games over the New Year. Was uh, the <laughs> the prop for the Dragons uh, knew this season who I've been calling Doge. Oh yeah, it's a he's Fijian. Dog, it's actually yeah, Dongay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've, I, you've yet to call him Doge on here. I think you've just must have just referred to him <laughs> as the Fijian prop. But, yeah, 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 I, yeah. Just deliberately be vague over the details of who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, Dongay. So I, I would see the team sheet with Doge on, yeah. <laughs> and then when the commentary's coming on, they call him Dongay because they've got this thing in Fijian where there's kind of invisible ends yeah. dotted throughout their names like uh, Randra Andra well, is the best, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the best exactly. example and so but I, I didn't know Doge with <laughs> Donge was uh, a Fijian so I, I didn't I well, didn't, every time there's a G, basically, or a D, you just got to throw an N in and hope for the best. Well, I um I found that with uh, who I've been calling for ten years, Buffelli on the wing for um uh, for Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. uh, Gareth Rhys Owen was pronouncing it completely different. Like I don't know, I don't know what. Um, Botticelli. It wasn't Botticelli, <laughs> but it was. Uh, like Buffessi or Buffessi or something like that, and which all right. And again, I I would have thought there was just a Spanish, uh, you know, so, you know, Spanish double L's are like a a Y, I think, aren't they? Like you know, like Urente oh, and and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't oh, know. No, I um, so yeah, that caught me by that caught me by surprise. Unless yeah, unless he was doing the Welsh double L, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Buffessi. Yeah. Um, he will. Uh, he, I thought it's an Italian name anyway. He's he's Argentinian, isn't he? Oh, Buffelli, all right. I think. Okay. But but again, there's lots of Italian crossover yeah, with that country. Those lots countries, of Italian yeah. heritage in, um, in yeah, Argentina, yeah. anyway. But yeah, there we go. Hmm. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll investigate further, Murph. We've stopped. We've dropped the uh, viro- virology podcast, and we've moved on to pronunciations for uh, for oh, yeah. foreign names. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, me and you doing this. <laughs> God. <laughs> Dan likes a Dan likes a pronunciation. Oh, as Dan's well. Dan's horrendous. He, uh, <laughs> Dan the, struggles with Welsh names. Dan <laughs> struggles with English names. We had um, we had um, one of our very early uh, very early podcasts. He referred to the former um, Northampton director of rugby, Jim Malander, as Melinda. Um, you know, like Melinda yeah. Messenger or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's definitely <laughs> and uh, and Maro Toje was uh, yeah Maro Toje oh. was Etoja, I think he called it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I, it stuck with me for months. I was calling him Maro Todger <laughs> for a long time. Only when he was being annoying and uh, you know for England, the yeah. rest of the time I call, call him by his real name. Yeah, exactly. But there we go. Right. Um, the only other bit of transfer news as well, um, which will probably wrap us up for the first half, Murph, is uh, Alan Jones looks likely that he's going to sign another year at the Ospreys. Mm. Um, he, uh, I mean, obviously, again, I, I think that if he does complete that year, though, right. You're three years into a World Cup cycle. He'll go. He'll go and do another year. He'll he'll he'll, he'll pitch up at the at the next World Cup. Oh yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he intends to. I think that's a. I think that's been a plan from quite a long way out. Myself, I, if you went, I mean, the option was Japan, wasn't it? Mm. Um, it'd probably be probably be less abrasive. The standard out there is quite uh, supposedly quite a quick 
style of rugby they play and yeah. not so much uh, grunt work. So that would probably reduce the wear and tear on him. But um, it's just a lot. I mean, for international camps and what have you, it's way out. And I mean, obviously, he's got enough, just about enough caps to avoid the 60 cap rule. I was going to say, um, he, he can do it for two or twice. three players, can't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's got, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of numbers he gets offered by the, it'll be a dual job when mm. with the WIU and the Nelson. I don't know what kind of numbers he gets offered, but he's got the opportunity to be a lifelong Osprey and, and never have to compromise by playing, going for the, uh, the uh, whoring himself out yeah. for the big contract. You I, know don't, what I, mean? so, I don't imagine his, um, his post rugby uh, career is going to be short of options either. If I'm honest, no, I, yeah, think, yeah, I yeah. think if you're Alan Jones, yeah. you've got a, you've got a number of different uh, a number of different routes. Um, hmm. So yeah, yeah, I can imagine him not being that keen on the broadcasting. Given given his general detest of the media, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and his be... demeanour around around enthusiastic journalists, you know. But then you look um, at but then you look at Roy Keane and how he's uh, how he's how he's yeah. done it in football. You, you never know. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that might might be a route for him. But yeah, I agree. Mm. I I could see him being heavily involved in the game in some way. You know, mm. I I just think he's got one of those. Um, yeah. Can you see him coaching? No, I see it more of like a. Um, it sounds weird saying an administerial role, but you know something structural within the WRU. You know, mm. okay, obviously he's a, he's a he's an intelligent bloke. Um, he has seen Welsh rugby from the highest for the best part of twenty years. Uh, sure. He knows that he knows the pitfalls of the the regional structure. He, uh, you know, I, I think he is the kind of person who could bring through could bring through significant change if. The WRU were willing to um, uh, mm. to look at to look at change. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you could make him. You know, obviously, uh, the Prince of Wales at some point in the next few years will be taken over as King of England. Mm. So there'd be a there'd be a gap there in the market <laughs> for Alan Wynn. Um president of the WIU. I could see that straight away. Just give it to him. Yeah, uh, they probably wouldn't make him chief exec of the WIU or, or, or chairman of the WIU or anything because uh, he's overqualified. That's, uh, that's absolutely true. What about um, what about your second row reserves at the Wanderers? <laughs> what, how do you mean? Well, you know... <laughs> oh, having a run out for yeah, us? Yeah, you know, maybe a couple, of, a couple of seasons. Just uh, manage yeah, his yeah. workload before the World Cup, one season with the Wanderers. Well, we'd have to, you know, we'd have to... Um, the take-ins in the clubhouse to mm. pay for Alan Wynn Jones, but um, yeah, he could definitely. I think he'd do a job for us. I reckon. I reckon he might. Yeah, I reckon those first few training sessions would be bloody interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we, we got to, we got second rows who are taller than him, so uh, you know he'd right. have to be on his best form. I think. Oh, well, that's uh, that's good to hear. The challenge, challenge laid down. Perfect way. <laughs> perfect way to end the first half. Right. Uh, no, it's not a retirement job at the Wanderers. That's all I'm oh, saying. Absolutely not. not Uh, good stuff right we'll be back after this very 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 quick break right Murph uh, we've covered off some transfer comings and goings uh, some transfer rumours in the uh, in the first half of the show um, some of the other big stories from this week, 
are the uh, the prospect of, of Wales playing the Six Nations in Eng- or playing their home Six Nations games in England? Um, any thoughts on this to start with? Obviously, it's been probably the, one of the biggest stories this week. Uh, it's a massive topic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could easily do the whole hour on this. Oh yeah, easy. Um, I mean, I, I I I'm one of those boring fuckers. I. I I favour the cautious approach of uh, Mark Drakeford. Right. Like, I just think if you can save the lives of people you're supposed to look after, then that's what you should do. You yeah. know, if you, call me old-fashioned. Uh, but the one, <laughs> obviously, me being me, the one where he's restricted access <laughs> to sports and events has really pissed me off. I mean, close the clubs, close the pubs, close the hospitals, close the supermarkets, but don't you know, don't ruin sport. Yeah. That's my, that's the way I look at it. But uh, I think it's really, I think that's really overcautious myself because as, as we, I think I said before Christmas that catching um, uh, the virus outdoors is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do, especially if you're in any kind of breeze, your breath is just getting blown away. And it's, when, it's when you're in confined spaces with the air hanging around, that's where it, it all gets messy. But their justification was they were trying to avoid the, behaviors of people going to big sporting events like mm. the boxing day thing where they all go on public transport together or in cars together or in pubs together or wherever they do and that's what they were trying to break up not the actual yeah. hanging around in an outdoor setting um but people can do that people because they've left hospitality alone which i don't i don't disagree with one another but people are still going to pubs and they're still going on public transport and they're still going in cars together to go to different things so it doesn't quite ring true um and i i I just hoping that because the figures, although the case rates, is, uh, as probably everyone knows, are very high mm. for this particular wave, it hasn't followed through with hospital hospitalization or deaths. More importantly, so I'm hoping by the end of the month, they, I mean, they, there's kind of uh, suggesting or leaning towards that anyway in the last briefing that by the end of the month they're going to change that rule and we'll have the Six Nations. I, I think I. Uh, I'm one of those where I think behind closed doors, the the uh, Prevoni dog or whatever he's called, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, first minister, has uh, has had a meeting with the WIU. Said, "Listen, don't don't panic. We're gonna we're gonna sort you out by the thing." Because not not just WIU, but South Wales's yeah, economy absolutely. suffers if that if that's behind closed doors. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm hope I'm just hoping they're not gonna. And it does look, you know, they're suggesting the peak is going to be in about fortnight's time or something. Mm. So things are, fingers crossed, going that way where they by the end of January, they'll open things up again for sport anyway. Um, maybe not nightclubs, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, you know, it, it, the whole, they've talked about Tottenham and they, today they've ruled out Twickenham because it's, it's too expensive. And it's just, it's such a mess. Oh, it is a mess. And there's all kinds of things as well that, you know, whoever the, the WRU's preferred brewery is now, Heineken or whatever, you know, if you went to Tottenham, you'd have to boot out their existing, you know, their existing one for that week. And what if yeah. there's a clash with any of their, you know, with any of their fixtures and all this kind of stuff. So it's, you know, yeah. it's a logistical, and all the sponsors and the hospitality and all that kind of stuff is a, it would be an absolute logistical nightmare for well, pe- WRU. People have... People have bought tickets for the Six Nations already. Yeah, I've got I've got some so, for Scotland game. So do they, the so do they yeah, yeah. My, my neighbour has. So do they transfer to the English stadium? They'd have to, wouldn't they? I, I would think so. But is the capacity going to be like for like? You know, um, it's, 
is the pricing going to be like for like? Because it's obviously pricing according to where you are in the stadium and over here is will that marry up with other stadiums? They might have more capacity and you, in the you would cheap have seats. Some, or... Yeah, you'd have some weird anomalies, wouldn't you, where you'd, mm. you'd have ended up bought, buying a 90-quid ticket and you were sat, you know, it's unlikely the, you'd be sat behind... In the guttering. Yeah, it's unlikely yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. be sat behind a post uh, in this day and age like you used to be at uh, football grounds, but, you know, mm. there, there would be one of those weird things. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this one, I hope, and I, and I just gut feel says that there must be more that's gone on behind, yeah, behind closed doors, off the record. That you would mm. hope that, uh, because it, you know, it, it would be nigh on impossible for you to wait two weeks and then go, oh right, yeah, sorry, nothing. Yeah, go, yeah, go on, go and rearrange the games now. Like I think you'd have to pull yeah. the trigger on it tomorrow if it was going to happen, um, because of the, yeah. the, the amount of work that would that would have to get done. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm exactly. I mean, it will take place in Wales. Yeah, it, it's easy to to say in the press that they've been looking at English stadiums, mm. but they don't actually, you know, officially they might not have said a single word to Twickenham or, or Tottenham, but they, they might have just as a as a press release said, yeah, we're looking at options over the border, um, possibly knowing full well that they're going to get the nod at some yeah. stage. In the Is same, that wishful in, thinking? In the same way that I'm looking at a new Mercedes, but uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my eye, yeah, yeah, I got my eye on a Tesla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's no, there's no danger of me ever getting one. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I just, um, I, I, the other thing is, like, you know, obviously there's been a, you, you know, I, as you know, I try and ignore social media as much as I possibly can now, but. Again, there's the the predictable kind of hysteria of oh, why are we taking it to me? And I get, you know, I get the the argument of well, why you know why are you taking the the Welsh pound to get spent in England, um, mm. and and that's the the biggest argument for me. Like you say, is is the one to the South Wales economy. Um, yeah. But at the same time, if you if you're in the WRU shoes and you had to consider it, you you have to, you know, you can't go th- after the the couple of years that they've been through. Uh, you couldn't consider cancelling the games or playing them behind closed doors it's just you know or it's just not it's just not viable you've got to play them somewhere and keep as much money coming in as you as you can and and like I say I just I hope it is for everyone's sake uh, it, it takes place at the millennium yeah and the, the other uh, it's quite old statement now that came out but um, um, there was a suggestion or it wasn't actually a statement someone suggested that the whole tournament should take place in England because there's no restrictions so that because yeah. the Scottish like that, that was one of the interesting things that did come out of one of these press briefings by one of the politicians was that in this situation, in terms of the whole of Europe, England is the outlier. Yeah. They're the only ones taking no steps. Mm. Um, so someone said, oh, yeah, play, because at the moment, Scotland are on 500 capacity. Yeah. Uh, I, Ireland have got even worse. I, I was speaking to someone this weekend. Ireland's restrictions are even worse than ours. Mm. Um, I can't remember what their... What their standpoint is around sporting events but they've got more restrictions in than we have at the moment um and so yeah so someone said yeah hold it on in england but well you know it sounds like a world cup then doesn't it um definitely doesn't sound like a six nations no it doesn't and Um, you know it's uh you know if you were holding it all in italy it might be one thing and there'd be a novelty factor to it and there wouldn't necessarily be a mm. huge advantage like for bloody england to have all the games at 
uh, you know, all the games are on home. Yeah, turf. I mean, the French would never agree to that, would they? I wouldn't have thought. Well, I wouldn't have thought so. I, I don't mean, know what level of restrictions they're under or what. what well, the, the, the latest travel the latest news this week is. is there's going to be exemption for the Heineken Cup, so those games oh, course, are going to be yeah. able to go ahead. And likewise, yeah. the noises coming out of Scotland seem to suggest that. Crowds are set to return to Scotland as well. So, well, this is it. We we haven't heard anyone flapping in Scotland about where they're going to play their games. So they must have had a tip off from uh, uh, Sturgeon or whoever yeah. makes the decisions up there that they're going to be okay come February. And um, I'd be amazed. I'd be amazed if we're forced to play over the border or behind closed doors. Now, the more we talk about it, the more I'm convinced your ticket is fine. There you go. So heard, heard it heard it here first yeah yeah take that to the bank take, take that to the bank while we're talking about the Six Nations Murph a seamless yeah. segue a little Reese yeah. Patch a little Reese Patchell offload from you there into the next topic yeah on uh, the back yeah which um, I, I don't get many of them from uh, from my co-hosts um, is uh, is fitness news so there's a lot of um, a lot of kind of news doing the rounds this week Falatau is is set to be fit for the Six Nations North and Tipperick are set to miss the uh, to miss the start. My concern over all of this is um, is these guys have played no rugby for a very yeah. very long time. So mm. if North's not going to be fit for the start, you'd question whether he's going to be fit at all, really, because he's not played. It was like Easter last year, wasn't it? It was before the before the Lions tour. He um, mm. he bust his leg. Uh, Tips is, was a really really bad injury, and Toby, as we know, was in the was in the, the autumn squad having not played having not trained at all so mm. you know I'm, I'm very wary of rushing any of these players back um yeah but if you're wayne pivak what do you do because you could well, be under uh, listen, pressure i cannot wait for the six nations squad to be announced mm. i know it's weeks away and i know there's loads of rugby to go between now and then but based on how bad the autumn internationals squad selection was mm. this this six nations um squad has got for me he's got tons of pressure on it oh, yeah. he can't he can't fuck about like he did in the in the autumn internationals picking players who aren't capable of taking the field um as far as um uh george north goes where you say you question whether uh he's going to be fit in time I, I would question whether there's any point in playing him mm. because you know if he's fully fit he's makes the team and he makes the world cup squad which i know that's 18 months away but um but the, you're not going to learn anything by rushing him back and injuring him again, or rushing yeah. him back, even if it come, even if it comes off, you know, you won't learn anything by rushing him back anyway. So, uh, unless he's, you know, had quite a few games of the Ospreys first, it's just no point. Unless, no point. unless Murph, you are, uh, you're Pivak and you're naught from three. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and like yeah. Said, you know, we had a on paper a, a fairly successful, um, a fairly successful uh, autumn in. Autumn, uh, whatever we're calling it now, Autumn Nation Series, and um, you know, beating Australia at least, anyway. But um, you know, I think a lot of this is going to depend on how many men the opposition gets sent off in the first couple of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they will be tempting to throw in the, the experienced players if it's going badly. But um, I think I just think you run the risk of like a Liam Williams thing, where yep. it took him till the end of the till the end of the. Um, um, matches to find his form because he hadn't actually played any club games so um yeah i can't see any point i mean alwyn jones is touch and go as well uh, i was under the impression alwyn was out oh if i'm honest but i don't know that right 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, gut. But it, gut there's no, there's no, there's you know, there's no payoff. I don't think in no. rushing any of them. I, I, you know, I, um, when it comes to Halloween Jones, we managed most of the autumn without him and did okay. I mean, so long as there's not too many other injuries in the second row, and then in the centre, I think that is a problem for us at the moment. But uh, we've got other people who are more more fully fit, and they were back. You know, you've got the option of picking um, Michael Collins or any of the players, the, the new guy, or any of the players he doesn't like, like yeah. uh, like um, Owen Watkins. Owen Watkins is stuck on the tip of my tongue. So um, you know, there's a bit obviously. Uh, Jonathan Davis is still going and J- Scott Williams is playing really well so that you know there's cover there but um, I don't know I just I, uh, Toby Faletel he could be up his time could be up anyway do you think? well it could be mm-hmm. like you know uh, if he comes back for Bath um, he, no matter how well he plays well we've got three weeks till the start of the tournament yeah so we haven't played yet how well he plays in the next three weeks? You wouldn't you wouldn't pick him over Aaron Wainwright? No, I don't think I would. And yeah, there's no bigger he makes the squad if he's playing. Yeah. Or well, he makes the squad if he's completely unfit, like he did in the autumn. Does he? But, though? Um, I, I mean, I think no, I don't. Not, no, yeah. I, that's that's the, that's the joke of it. But yeah. uh, um, if he plays between now and the tournament, then he'll get picked yeah. because we're short of number eights. But um, you know, unless he plays to me, unless he plays three times really well, I I, I wouldn't start him in the the beginning of the Six Nations. No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I think we've, you've got to learn this. You've got to learn this mistake. Um, and you're right. It's at a crucial point in his career because if you manage him properly and he comes back and gets, you know, joins Cardiff in the summer and you manage his workload properly and he gets some good form back and he's the Toby that we all know and love and you know, mm. what, what an all-time Welsh great player. Yeah. And you get him through to the World Cup when he's aged 33. Well then, happy, mm. then happy days. If you rush him back now for a largely meaningless Six Nations, uh, mm. you know, then you just feel that 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 could be, you know, it's a, such a crucial point that you, that you might end up doing, yeah, you know, doing more damage. He ends up missing more game time, and um, yeah. and it, and it's difficult to to come back and either recover fitness or form. Yeah, I mean, it's a good move coming back to Wales because his, his game time will be managed. Uh, you know, uh, as I've said uh, with my Welsh man's chip many times. If, between between Six Nation matches, he starts a bath, yeah, all yeah. the time. He won't have to do that anymore if he's back over here. Um, but you know, also on the flip side, he, to me, he's a player who's barely been injured for the whole of his career. Yeah, prior but, you to know, he's bath. just been so durable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now he's thirty plus, and he seems to be injured all the time. So it could just be that his body is either breaking down or just can't handle it anymore. And uh, it might be time for him to go on to like uh, 16 games a season or whatever they do. Well, the, the, the thing that I think is quite easy to forget with Toby as well is that he has been playing first team rugby from a very young age. You know, he was, start, mm. he was I, th- I think he was about 19 when he broke into the Dragons first team and was playing a lot of rugby then. And from there, you think it's, you know, so although he is only 31, he's got a, a hell of a lot of rugby under his belt. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only that, multiple uh, uh, World Cups, yeah. multiple Lions tours, you know, so that means he's skipped a, skipped a lot of um, summers off to yeah, play yeah. instead. So he's got tons of miles on the clock, yeah. But um, 
definitely a sensible move at stage two. Well, especially when Bath was so shite. Yeah. But it's a good move to come back and be looked after more, I think, in Wales. Uh, like I say, I I can't really... Even if I was inclined to say I wasn't a fan personally of Aaron Wainwright, he just hasn't played any rugby yeah. and there's three weeks to go. So, you know, he, I think he's got to play to be included in the squad along uh, the start of uh, the match day squad. Yeah, I suppose one thing that uh, makes that decision a bit or perhaps enhances Toby's case a bit is that horrible looking injury for uh, uh, for Jim Botham. Yeah, what was that? Was that a neck injury or a head? I don't know what it was, but it's a it wasn't clear, of, was it? No, it wasn't, and they didn't show replays. I don't think. Um, no, and he, even when they were showing bloody replays of stuff, they had a, a cameraman in the way of one of the camera angles uh, for yeah. when they were going down the one flight. Like the way he, the position he was in towards the end of the injury, and I'm, I'm doing the motions <laughs> just for the benefit of the listeners. I'm doing if, the motions. If anyone is interested camera. in. A... <laughs> A Patreon special where you get to see Murph's, uh, Murph's actions, then, uh, then we'll look into that. I can't, we can't release this, Richard. I haven't been in hair and makeup. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, it looked like it might have been a really bad knee injury, but then they were bracing him up in the upper body uh, to take him off. So I think they were anyway, were they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I couldn't I couldn't be. the And, and it was supposedly serious because everyone was worried about him when he went to hospital and everything else. But, um there was a message on social media later saying he's been released and he's fine, but um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't be sure what he had actually done. The BBC were reporting it as a head injury, which could be, you know, it, it could be absolutely anything, couldn't it? It could be. Yeah. It could be a big blow to the head. It could be head and neck area. You just don't. You just don't know. So, um, so we'll see. But yeah. I mean, no. you, it's never good when a player's taken off and given oxygen. You know, three weeks before a tournament starts, you'd no, no, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd be, um, you'd be inclined. To, to say that, um, that that he's not going to feature in that. No. Um, on the subject, didn't I read someone something about someone over the border having a fractured skull? Did you oh, see I that? don't know. I didn't see that. Oh, I have to Google it. Uh, I think it might be. I don't know if I don't know why. I'm thinking Charlie Ewells or someone like that had a fractured skull. Anyway, I mean, I'm, Googling, right, I'm googling Charlie Ewells now just to. No, just I, to I, say I, I would just go straight to fractured skull. I would have <laughs> to be more. More chance of landing. I don't, uh, we'll, we'll look this up later. <laughs> yeah, good idea. It's not going to be a big feature in the, <laughs> in the pod it's, anyway. It's not. It's not likely to be. And um, while we're it's, on ama- that, it's amazing. There's not more to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the famous one is uh, Jamie Roberts with his squeaky forehead. Yeah, I know. I was there, yeah, I was, I was there that day. Um, mm. I played on for a further whatever it was, fifteen minutes mm. before uh, before going after out. after demolishing Sterling Mortlock, which yeah. is not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, different. Uh, yeah, even though it was only whatever it was, twelve, thirteen years ago, different times, really. Straight, straight red, yeah. both players now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's it, but, yeah. Um, although I don't know if you've noticed this, Murph. High tackles seem to be dropping off the uh, the agenda at the moment, don't they? Like I you think know, we were talking about it last time. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, I, the referees I, have kind of started being forgiving of the high shot if there's some kind of mitigation or some nonsense. But, but yeah. But Tackle's even like just the, get lower. even like the seat belts and the what because for like two seasons ago anything you know if you if you just happen to to catch someone on the chin even if it wasn't a shoulder or anything like that mm. um, they were getting given as pens and they, uh, they they don't seem to you know no well I mean if there was any kind of contact on the chin or anything like that, it was it started a yellow and mm. work up if it was if you thought it was intentional you know so yeah it's definitely changed I I, I can see there being a an edict coming out from yeah. the um, rule makers now. 
Yeah. And, uh, everyone getting sent off against Wales in the Six Nations. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, maybe that's it. Maybe this is Pivak's secret. Is he's got someone, <laughs> someone in the backroom staff who knows, um, yeah, knows how to coach players based on the latest refereeing edicts. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it does, it does, it does seem to be that way. Uh, just while we wrap up on, uh, obviously, in future weeks we will have a, a preview into the Six Nations squad because everyone will be desperate to hear what your side is, Murph. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and Wayne, Wayne, Wayne in particular. Uh, yeah, exactly. He'll <laughs> be waiting, waiting with bated breath. Um, but while we're talking about number eight, like we say, you know, you would expect Wayne Wright to feature. Um, outside of that, there's been a lot of, you know, kind of a lot of column inches written about about Morgan Morris. What have you made of him so far? Uh, I, I, well, I think I've been on here saying I'm not particularly impressed with the Ospreys back row. Um, any of them. Um, with Jack Morgan aside, mm. but I mean, technically they just nicked him off the scouts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, without Tipbrick, they lack experience, uh, and obviously Dan Lydiot. Uh leadership in the back row. Any kind of, I, I, I'm not, I'm not impressed with any of them. I'm afraid. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. He looks to me like he's got the raw, um, the raw capability, and this is, but this is something that that just worries me at the moment. Is you know, sometimes you would just spot a player playing in the the pro, whatever we were at the point at that point in time, and know that once they got into the camp, getting absolutely beasted by Gatland and McBride and Edwards would be enough mm. to take them up to to that next level. Even though it was mm. only for a few weeks, you know, a few weeks of um, of the year, that mm. it would be enough to really find out and test the metal of that player. And mm. I, I think that's the bit that just just worries me, or one of the things that worries me about the the kind of uh, the pivot regime is: Are you getting that level of um, that level of individual individual coaching and testing that's that's going to prepare you as best you possibly can to become a test player? Because we knew, you know, physically, and that's often why Wales started so poorly is they were they were knackered. They they were knackered for the first game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you'd think if that is if that is not the case anymore, they would start tournaments better. They haven't as yet. Um, certainly not in the autumns, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. I, but the thing is, it, I don't think. I think if there was any amount of Welsh number eights knocking around the regions or or anywhere, we wouldn't be mentioning Morgan Morris. Mm-hmm. But because we're so short, uh, we're having to mention Morgan Morris. I mean, um, there was a big noise, not even this year, the year before, probably two years ago, about Carwin Tuipilotu. Yeah, he's and he's never he even featured. Played a game yet, has he? Maybe no, one. Not, not featured for the Scarlets. So um, that's that's how. I, I think that's the number eights get yeah. jumped on because we're so we're so short of them. It is, and that's been the the height, the, the perhaps a bit of the the Wales online hype train with with particularly <laughs> that two story. I, I'm sure they've run the five that that same story five times. That's just mm. like you know meet the meet the. Uh, the, the Welsh giant with the brilliant name who's going to be the next you know the next star and, and you know yeah. I, I think but again by all accounts all the raw ability is there but the guy mm. the guy's still a kid isn't he you know he's he's um... yeah he didn't show much in the summertime Six Nations he didn't go very, no. I mean the whole team didn't go very well no, in that tournament so he's got an excuse even uh, Costello didn't have a very good tournament no. it just didn't gel at all uh, so you can forgive him that. But you'd expect if he's as good as people were saying two years ago, mm. that he would have at least, you know, made the bench or something for the Scarlets by now. So um, 
Yeah, and you know when when you I mean going back to Morgan Morris, we, I don't know how much att genuine attention he's getting, but if if he's like a uh, being talked about possibly making the Welsh squad, if you look over the border, the number the number the way number eights are queuing up behind mm. uh, over there, I mean it, it's ridiculous. The, the, we just don't compare very well to that at all. Even even uh, Scotland are starting to find some decent number eights lately. So. Um, the guys we mentioned this weekend so uh yeah it's a problem problem position you know it has been for you i mean it's been problem position since toby falatel made it into the team because as soon as he made it into the team he was the only number eight in wales yeah. and that was 2011. yeah so we've uh, had 10 seasons yeah. of being short at eight with ross moriarty covering basically that's pretty much it actually isn't it yeah you yeah. basically had someone either ross moriarty or Ryan Jones or someone covering for for that period of time. Um, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, uh, it rem it remains a big concern. Murph, I was hoping we'd get a chance to chat about the slammed documentary as well. Um, all right, but yeah. we've pretty you haven't much, seen it all. No, we've run out of time, uh, so uh, oh, okay. so we'll 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 make sure I've watched all of it for next week. Um, okay, and we can have a we can have a good old chat through that because uh, if yeah. there's one thing we do like to do, it's uh, nostalgia. Um, so uh, yeah, I I shall leave you to um, to brush your hair and get your get your packet of Rothmans and. Uh, oh yeah, and get... my Rothmans, and I'm off to watch some um, NFL. Good stuff. Enjoy, Murph. Good to uh, yeah, good to good to be back on the uh, back on the podcast train for another year. Uh, Cheers, buddy. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to our sponsors as always at So Coffee Trades. Uh, a quick reminder, if you want to get some uh, some great quality coffee, you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk. We'll be back next week to chat more rugby with you. Sports Social Podcast Network.